The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Eight and a half minutes past the hour to our guest, Julia Lee, APAC Equity Investment Strategist at State Street Global Advisors. So the power play by Chinese President Xi Jinping uh, did catch um, China experts by surprise. So that's a that's a whole part of the discussion that we can have, Julia. Uh, but I, I want to pick up on the point that we noted in our in our clip there that the president is is vowing to open the Chinese economy I- even further. Do we take that at face value? Look, I think for investors, they have to have a look at what's been happening, what's happening now, and then what's likely to happen in the couple of years ahead. I have to say that uh, the conference was a little bit disappointing. We were hoping to hear a little bit more, perhaps, on pulling back on the zero COVID policy. But instead, we saw a bit of disappointment by markets that that zero COVID policy would remain. But I guess looking into 2023 and 2024, the big question for investors is, is growth going to spiral downwards and continue downwards or are we going to see a bit of a reversal? And we know that from past economies opening up, that rebound has been relatively swift. So I think the attraction of China is not only around the valuation at the moment, but that it is marching to a different tune of other developed markets around the world. And where asset prices are really moving the same, it's very different around the region and especially in terms of the Chinese markets. So I guess um, the attractiveness of China isn't right now, but perhaps a year or even two years out. Or or never, perhaps, Julia, given that that this is a speech which she made where generally it wasn't much there for those people who were interested in a freer free market. I guess China's, you know, always been communist, but I guess if we have a look, it is still the manufacturing growth engine of the world. So uh, looking back on that reopening and hoping that um, we do see trade bouncing back strongly and that momentum continuing. And like I said, you know, China has been weak and a big thing for markets this week is going to be those delayed GDP numbers, which is expected to come out uh, this week. But of course, that's measuring the past once again. So I think the key for China China is to be watching China as the reopening happens and things return back to normal and see whether there can can be some sort of sustained momentum. We know that outside of COVID zero, there's other problems to be dealing with as well, including the property market. So it isn't an easy market. But for investors, it's always about is the news going to get relatively better or is it going to get worse? Julia, okay, you know, how do you navigate then what's uh, going on at the moment? Because it, it does seem in uh, in many ways that we've now got a real kind of 
uh, bipolar world in some ways. I mean, with this whole ban on semiconductors, which has actually got far-reaching consequences, it does almost seem that uh, uh, the U.S. has declared war on China and nobody noticed. <laughs> Looks like trade, yes, very much back in focus. But there's so much going on in the world at the moment, Rich, and this week is going to be another huge, huge week. I mean, you mentioned earnings, and we see 47%, so almost half of S&P 500 companies are reporting their third quarter earnings this week. And don't forget that one of the things that the market's really looking for is the outlook for earnings to moderate before becoming a bit more bullish about the market. Because one thing we haven't seen in this recessionary outlook is the hit to earnings. And if we have a look at earnings forecasts for 2023 or even into 2024, still very positive. So that number really needs to come down and we haven't seen that as yet. In fact, a lot of the commentary from companies talking about how positive the economic backdrop is. So I know the market at the moment, there's a lot of hope, hope, hope this week, um, especially given that there's an expectation in the 2nd of November FOMC meeting that we will see some sort of comment around the slowing yeah. down in the pace of rate tightening. And that's a key yeah. for markets a, at the They've made it clear that they're not ready to uh, make any changes yet. But just the mere fact that they're having discussion about when they might slow down the pace uh, seem to, to spark a little bit of hope in the markets. Um, you think that that's um, sort of false, false hopes? Well, we talk so much about interest rates, but let's not forget the balance sheet of the Fed as well, where we are seeing liquidity draining. So I think it's very hard for markets to be too bullish, um, given that we are seeing, still seeing the balance sheet shrinking. So while um, any commentary around uh, peak rates is going to be welcomed by the market, I think there's still a bit of time to go as well as a few things to tick off before a sustained bull rally in terms of the market. Don't forget such if we as, have a such look. Such as? Such as? A few well, things to tick off? first thing to tick off would be the moderation in terms of the earnings outlook. The second thing to be watching is, I guess, the markets at the moment are looking for peak inflation. Um, but I think the bigger question for markets is going to be how long high inflation lasts for, whether this is something we're still battling in 18 months or 24 months. So it's not just the peak, but how long these conditions are going to last for the higher interest rates, which, of course, act as a break for the economy as well as company profits. Okay, so, you know, the thing is, uh, we haven't even mentioned the Fed. Um, with peak hawkishness, uh, do we get peak dollar? And how does that figure in your thinking? I guess hopes that 5% is now the peak is what's driving markets at the moment. And I guess we'll get more of a read on the 2nd of November around uh, where the peak might be. But also this week in terms of other central banks, it's going to be a huge week. We see the Bank of Canada meeting and it could go either way, 50 basis points or 75 basis points. We also see uh, we see uh, over in Japan the BOJ meeting on Friday. And while no policy changes are expected, we are watching things like forecasts for inflation. And it's yeah. going to be especially interesting given the intervention that we've seen in terms of the currency markets as well. And of course, the ECB meeting where 75 basis points is baked into the pie. Yeah. So it's oh, not okay, just Okay, Julia, let's go Fed. back. Let's go back to the China question because we don't have too much time here. Just wanted to ask you about whether or not one man rule or getting close to it raises the risks of investing in China and beyond. 
I think there's always been risks of investing in China this year. The question is whether that's accelerated. And I guess in terms of, of the conference, it has been a little bit disappointing. And I guess there's a lot of debate at the moment on the visuals of President Hu also being escort, escorted out of the closing ceremony. Um, but I guess in terms of China, for investors, for me, the key question always is, I think it's going to get incrementally better in terms of the data. Julia, thank you so much. Julia Lee, the APAC Equity Investment Strategist from State Street Global Advisors. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.